more of a teaching lesson today, guys. Not, not, there may be some preaching that goes on because God's Spirit takes over, but you're going to recognize a lot of this passage today, all right? It's going to have verses in it that you've heard ever since you were a child, all right? It's going to resonate with you, but my goal today is that you walk out of here with your spouses or with your children or on your own, and you say to yourself, I know more. I understand more about that than I used to, right? It's, it's, it's my only aim today is for you guys to walk out going, you know, I've heard that before, but I understand it better today than I did at nine o'clock this morning, right? That, that's that's the, the goal today, all right? And so we're going to continue to be in Luke. We're going to continue to be in Luke, and um, we're going to back up and do a portion of, of the scripture that we did last week. Now, last week when we got to this part of the, of the scripture, I started talking about um, the Sermon on the Mount, which is actually in Matthew, all right? And we started talking about when I said, hey, guess what this is? It's the Sermon on the, and everybody in the church went, Mount, okay, except it's not. This one's actually called the Sermon on the Plain because of this verse right here. Uh, um, Jesus went down with them and stood on a level place, right? Stood on a level place. So he wasn't on the mount at this time. He is on what's called the plain. So the question then becomes, is the sermon on the mount and the sermon on the plain the same? Are they two different messages? Is the sermon on the plain a repeat of the sermon on the mount or is it just a requoting of it? Here's what you need to know. It it could be any or all of the above, right? It could be um, that Luke took Matthew's sermon, all right, and just retold the parts he needed to tell, all right? It could be that Jesus preached the sermon on the mount, all right, and then a a few days later there were more people maybe that had gathered and they needed to hear it too, so he preached a revised version of the sermon on the mount on the plain, all right? Or it could be that these are the exact same message, one simply recorded by Matthew, and one simply recorded by Luke. Here's the deal. That doesn't matter. If you get caught up spending a ton of time trying to figure out which it is, you're you're wasting your time on on things that that actually don't matter. Theologians have written and documented all of these things. Let me tell you for our sake what matters today. Throughout Scripture, we have God speaking, right? He speaks to Jeremiah, and then Jeremiah preaches to the people. He speaks to Isaiah, and then Isaiah preaches preaches to the people. He speaks to Paul, and then Paul speaks to the people. But right here, these words come from the lips, from the tongue, from the mouth of God. The Sermon on the Mount is what Jesus had to say to his disciples, not just the 12, but all of the people following him. The Sermon on the Plain, or the repeat of the Sermon on the Mount, this is red letters, guys. You know what I'm talking about? The red letters. This is Jesus speaking these words, okay? So there was a large crowd that was there, they had gathered, maybe they had heard it before, maybe they had not yet heard it, all right? And they had come to heal him, and what did he do? He saw all the people, and he stood up on a chair, got down on a stool, and he started to point and preach at them. No, what did he do first? They came to be healed of their diseases. If they were troubled by impure spirits, they were cured. All the people reached out and touched him because power was flowing from him and healing them all. Before he preached, what did he do? He loved. I know that God can use megaphones and mouthpieces. He can. I know that God can use t-shirts and tracts. He can. 
but we have created our own problem with door-to-door evangelism and handing out tracts and yelling from megaphones. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. You cannot tell a, a, a cold person with no shirt in 20 degrees about the love of Jesus unless you're willing to give them a shirt. You cannot tell a person who hasn't had a meal for three weeks about how much God will love and take care of them if the hands and feet and disciples of Jesus aren't willing to give them food first. You must love first, then teach. Jesus said it right here. He let them come. He held them. He touched them. He was unafraid of those who did not know him. Listen, he was unafraid of the people who just wanted to use him. Woo! Do you think for a minute there weren't people who were there just because they wanted to get over the flu, the rona, the cold, the paralyzed? Do you think there weren't people there just just said, heal me, and that's why I'm here? Absolutely, they were there simply because they wanted something from Jesus. You know what Jesus did? He gave them something, something, and then he gave them more. He didn't worry about the cost because when you are Jesus, there is no cost. There is no cost budget. There is no frame of reference where at some point the love, the power, the healing, the finances, the grace, the mercy will run dry. There is no such thing, which we need to understand as we get into what he says. He preaches from a never-ending well, and that means that he can preach differently than us, except that he never asked us to preach out of our own power. Now, let's jump in, and we'll look from both perspectives. This whole thing is about kingdom perspective versus earthly perspective. It's about God's way versus man's way. Here we go. Beatitudes, eight of them in Matthew, right? We're going to see three of them and then one mentioned a little differently. So there are four. And then we're going to see the woes, which are just the Beatitudes in reverse. Okay, that's really all that this six or seven verses is. But let's get into it, all right? Because once he preaches them, he's going to tell us then how, what our response, what our life action should be. Everybody says when, when you preach a sermon, if you preach a really good sermon, you're going to draw people in, you're going to teach them something, then you're going to make sure they heard your something, then you're going to give them something to do, all right? I don't always follow those rules. I just preach the Bible and hope that the spirit falls down and comes upon us and we grow, okay? But sometimes I want to do the right thing, so here we go, all right? Looking at his disciples, he said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep, for you will laugh. And blessed are you when people hate you. You know, that's exactly how we run around, right? If you are in poverty, freezing cold, starving to death, and everybody hates you, that's when you throw hashtag blessed right up on Facebook, right? It's been an awesome day. I'm starving to death, and I'm flat broke. Bless. (laughs) Right? Right? No, right? How many of you on your worst days go, woohoo, writing about this with joy? to the world in your heart. No. Opposite of man. So either God wants us to be broke and poe and hated, and he desires that for us. Anybody? No. 
or we have to understand the concept behind what he's teaching us. And that is this. Let's jump back to Matthew. Blessed are the poor, but he adds something. In spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, okay? Blessed are those who hunger, and in this one, it says, look, look at the word after hunger. Blessed are those who hunger now. This now is here because of the tense of the Greek word. Blessed are you who are hungry at this point as opposed to prior. What's the difference between what these people have now and what they had days before? If you don't catch it, you should. The difference is Jesus. He wasn't there. They had not experienced. They had not been blessed. They said not, had not seen the pouring out. And so something happens to the arrogant, self-righteous fisherman in a boat who takes care of himself and all those around him when the Son of God steps into his boat and he goes, depart from me, for I am a sinner. He goes from, I can grant myself the spirit of, 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 of self-confidence until I'm around the one who exudes all of the confidence of life itself. And then we find ourselves humbled in his presence. Blessed are those of you who are poor. Blessed are those who hunger for what I have. Listen to me. It's an attitude thing. Those of us who have money, who have food, who have homes, and who have shelter have a natural confidence that if there is an emergency, we can rely on what we've stored up. I will build bigger barns. And Jesus said, tonight your life will be demanded of you because you do not understand how the kingdom works. You cannot get it if you think you can get it on your own. So blessed is the man who is able to understand that poverty is not being without. Poverty is the blessed emptiness that allows for the inpouring of the Spirit of God into the cup. Then you are blessed. Hunger is not about getting that Big Mac or not. It's about understanding that we have a need within all of our spirits for the grace, mercy, love, hope, joy that God has. And if we are so self-confident in our, in our speaking abilities and in our smoking hot wives and in our ability to make friends, then we have no reliance on the one who has to make this possible because what he is going to ask of us is impossible. One of the most misused verses in all of Scripture is in Philippians chapter 4. I can do what? All things through Christ who gives me strength. Yes, as you step up to the golf ball on the par 3, I can do all things. I can do all things. Right? Right? I, I, I raise my children. I can do all things. Having toddler moments, I can do all things through Christ, right? No. That is nothing about what it means. It's all about the whole of what he is teaching his disciples and people who follow him to do. I'm going to ask you to do things that you cannot do in and of yourself. You are incapable, so I need you to clear out. 
Why did he say, if anyone would be my disciple, they must deny themselves? Because when we gain for ourselves, our cup is full of irrelevant stuff. So blessed are the poor, the needy, the hungry. Blessed are those, let's address the hate. Jesus is not about hate, but he is not talking about a hate in our hearts. He is talking about when others defy, when others hate, when others make fun of. Inevitably, inevitably this world, the world we live in, is about self. The problems in our culture now, the problems in our politics now, the problems in our churches now, all of the problems we face ultimately boil back to pride and to greed and to self-righteousness. And when you go to someone and you say you cannot do that, you are going to be met with opposition. You can't tell me that. I won't tell you how to live. You don't tell me how to live. That's how the world's running right now. Love has been deferred. Love has been tainted. If you love me, you will allow me. No, I will not. If I love my daughter, I will not allow her to play in the street just because she wants to. Because I promise the Ford is more powerful than her. And if I let my church people, my children, my teenagers play with Satan, I know who's going to win. And it ain't you. Jesus is saying, I know what I'm asking is impossible of you, but with me all things are possible. It's all about who and what is filling your cup. That's what he's saying here. You're going to be hated when you stand where we stand because it is the opposite of the ways of the world. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This is the kingdom transition. This is the transformed not conformed. This is all through Scripture what Jesus needs us to know. Rejoice and leap for joy because great is your reward when you stand firm. But woe to you who are rich. And he's not saying, hey, Bill Gates, you suck. <laughs> he's not. He's not saying, hey, if you have made good for yourself and if you have nice things, you are the abomination of us. No, he's not saying that. He is, however, saying what he said over and over again in the, in the Bible. You cannot serve God in money. Rich young ruler didn't get there because he was rich. It's easier for a rich man, for a camel to get through the eye of a knee. Why? Because of self-reliance. When we have... We neglect to ask, to receive, to lean on. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. People who cry out in that way understand. But when you say that, but you're leaning on yourself and your savings account and your wife and your budget, that's when people crash hardest. People go, I can't live without this, that, this, that when it's gone. That's because they were leaning on it and it's been ripped out from under them and they fell on their face. Jesus never fails. Firm foundation is how he's going to end this sermon. Build it on the rock or build it on the sand. It all goes together. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are well fed. Woe to you who laugh now. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. Woe to you who are relying so much on yourself and what everybody thinks about you and how to make your way in this world that you forget that you need me. Remember, you know what the end of the verse is? Apart from me, 
you can do. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Things of this world pass away. And then he said, okay, once you get it, to those of you who are listening, here's what he's saying. For those of you who this is landing on and you're nodding your heads and you're saying amen and this makes sense to you and your heart is being changed like some of you in this room today, Jesus leans in and he says, okay, if you're listening, if it's landing, if the seeds are hitting fertile soil, love your enemies. I'm sorry, what? You heard me. Love your enemies. In fact, when somebody hates you, that's who you do good to. When somebody curses you, that's who you bless. When somebody mistreats you, that's who you pray for. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other also. That is the most insulting thing of this time that Jesus could come up with. Remember Shakespeare, you know, in the plays where they pull the glove off? You know, that was a massive insult. So what they're saying is, if somebody throws the largest insult at you possible, give them the opportunity to do it again. Jesus is not saying, uh, uh, let people run over you. That's not it. He's saying what you need to do is, is, is act the opposite of the world. Here's why. Give to everyone who asks, and if anyone takes, do not demand it back. Anybody recognize this verse? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And then he said, you know, you can see the faces of the people. They're kind of like yours. Some of you are nodding, but some of you are like, this is a major ask. That's right. And it's why it's impossible without him. He's not asking you to do something that's impossible. He is asking you to do something that is impossible without him. He is asking you to recognize that an empty cup is never really empty. It is simply a conduit. What? Yes. Let me explain. If you are attached to the vine and that never runs dry, and it constantly flows, and you are pouring out to the world. It may seem like you have an empty cup, but technically your cup, your cup is never empty. It's just always flowing through, and it never runs dry. My cup runneth over. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that? Even sinners do that. Oh, well, Jesus, I love my wife and I love my children. Good for you. So do the evildoers. So do the Pharisees. So do the tax collectors. So do the paralyzed and the blind and the lame and all the people you cast out. I mean, I, 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 I detest the things that, that gangs in our country do. Drugs. I detest the things that they do. Murder. I detest the things that they do. Uh, alcohol and, and, and prostitution. I detest that. But I'll tell you this. Gang members, real gang members, La Familia, they'll die for each other faster than church people will. They'll give their life for their friends way more than we will. They understand what the bond is like. Even sinners can do that. It's when you love those that aren't lovable. That's when you stand out. If you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that? Even sinners do that. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting anything back. I don't use it very often, but Preston brought this to me, and it's fantastic. I want you to listen to the message version of these verses. <laughs> this is the message for the three verses I just read. Here it is. Here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior. 
Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. If you only love the lovable, what do you expect? A pat on the back? Run-of-the-mill sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you want a medal? Garden variety sinners do that. If you only give what you hope to get out of it, do you think that that's charity? The stingiest of pawnbrokers do that. I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, never regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us, generously and graciously, even when we're at our worth. Our, our Father is kind, so you be kind. Just be nice. Is there anybody in this room who would raise their hand and say this? Anybody in the room who would say that the world would not be a better place if every one of us loved our neighbor as ourselves? If, if every governor in, in, in the United States did to other governors as he wanted them to do to them. If every congressman did to other congressmen as he would have them do to them. If every country, I will do to Canada what I want Canada to do to us. I will do to China how, what I want China to do to us. Is there anybody in this room who would say, no, the world will not be a better place if that happens? One sentence, change the world. It's not possible, however, to do under our own power. But with God. God. I cannot overcome my emotions, but God. I cannot overcome my depression, but God. I cannot overcome my, 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 the pain from my past, but God. I cannot raise a church from death to life, but God. I cannot raise a kingdom community where all people come to know him, but God. Hallelujah, but God. Anybody's grandmother ever say, have mercy? That's how Jesus concludes this part. <laughs> have mercy. Just, just show some grace. Show some grace to your sinful spouse. Show some grace to yourself. Show some grace to your human kids. Show some grace to your church staff. All through the Bible, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. I hope that you understand these verses a little bit better than you did before you walked in. Live differently. Let's pray. God, we are... God, I don't know what we are. <laughs> we're running. Some days we're running and the wind is coming through our hair. and We are making a difference. And some days we're running and we look down wondering why we're not getting anywhere and we're on the treadmill. But God, at the end of the day, you want us to do so much more than run. Because those that wait upon the Lord, you renew their strength. And they don't just run and not grow weary. They don't just walk and not grow faint. They grow winged. They grow wings and they fly. So God, teach us to fly. Teach us to have one hand on the vine 
so connected that we never, ever, ever even have a desire to let go because of the life-giving power that flows from you. And help us to open our hands and give without reservation to those we love and those we hate, to those who hurt us and those who love us, to those with and those without. Help us do better. Help us be kind. In Jesus' name, amen.